Welcome back to the STEM Blazers podcast. My name is Ali Helton. And I'm Viva and Vauvan. Joining us on this episode is Shelly Sousa. Shelly Sousa is a senior software engineer at CoBank. Her position involves being a solution architect in IT. She's also an advisory board member and volunteer for STEM Blazers. We are excited to also share that Shelly is enrolled in college to get her bachelor's degree and graduating by the end of this year. We are looking forward to sharing her journey today. Shelly, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. To jump into this, we're just going to start with a few um, questions. And so the first one is, could you give us some insight in what you do for work and what your day-to-day looks like? Oh, boy. Um, gosh. So <laughs> typically, I work with um, with Salesforce. So um, many people may or may not be familiar with that. But really, Salesforce is um, it's an application, a cloud-based application that's used for customer relationship management. So that could be for sales, for customer service. And um, what I do, you know, in the background, Salesforce is a big database, essentially, with, uh, you know, a nice uh, front end that people can use to click on and do their jobs. So what I really do is um, look for ways to make it easier for people to use Salesforce and use Salesforce to the best of its ability. So uh, that might be building applications, uh, fixing applications, uh, that sort of stuff. And it's all related to software engineering as well. Awesome. And could you go into a little bit of the solution architects as well? Sure. It's, it's a hard question to answer, right? What does a solution architect do? But um, it, it's we connect the dots, I would say, is the, the best way to say it. Um, so let's say, you know, you're trying to bake a cake. Um, you want to bake a cake for some event. A solution architect will um, ask you, what kind of cake do you want? Do you want a sponge cake? Do you want an ice cream cake? Would you like a cupcake? Um, when does it need to be ready? How many people want to eat it? How many layers? Do you want icing? Do you want sprinkles? Um, but more importantly, what do you have to bake the cake with? Do you have a kitchen? What kinds of pans do you have? Um, and you take all that information and pull it together and then you design the best cake ever. And when I say design the best cake ever, I mean, design the best cake for the people you're working with, because everyone likes something different. Some people want, you know, a layer cake. Some people want, you know, all sorts of different decorations, whatever it is, it has to be specific to the people you're working with. Um, and the, the solution architect might bake it themselves. They might help lead a team of people who will bake the cake. But the, the point is to make sure that it's specific to that person, that it's unique. Um, so instead of a cake, uh, because now I think everybody's hungry, um, you know, apply that connecting the dots to making a smartphone app, to making um, a shopping website or software for self-driving cars, whatever that is, that architect's looking at everything that needs to happen from beginning to end and painting a picture for the people who need to build it. I think that was a great way to explain it. Yeah, very, like, it allows you to visualize it so well. <laughs> visualizing cake? Yep, no, I'm watching you build the cake and put the layers in. I want sprinkles, so you better make sure you put sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you also mentioned that you went on a trip to 4-H camp that introduced you to computers. Do you want to share a little bit more on that story? Oh, yeah, gosh. Um, so I was um, nine years old. And um, my uh, mother was very fortunate. She was gifted a, uh, a summer camp trip. And um, it was really nice because I, we certainly couldn't afford summer camp for me. Summer camp was just hang out at the playground. <laughs> so um, I was really thrilled. Um, but I went to a 4-H camp and there were lots of horses nearby. And I didn't know when I was a kid that I'm terribly allergic to horses. Oh, my goodness. So I had... <laughs> Yeah, I had a really tough time. Um, I was sneezing the whole time and I really wanted to go home because I felt miserable and didn't know why. Um, but I signed up for canoeing. And for some reason, I have no idea why this is an outdoor camp. They had a, a computer lab 
which this is a long time ago. So the fact that they had computers at all, even for the office was amazing, but they actually had a computer lab at the camp. So I got to sign up for that too, as an activity. Um, and that introduced me to computers um, hands-on for the first time. And after that, I was hooked. I loved everything about it. I was so excited. I would not stop asking if there was some way I could get a computer when I got home from camp. I um, tried to find ways to do extra things for my teachers to get extra time in our computer labs so I could hang out in them all afternoon. <laughs> and, uh, and that was my, uh, my life for the next few years. And finally, um, my mother found a way to get me a computer when I was 13, my own. And um, that was it. Like, that's <laughs> all I ever wanted to do. I loved everything that had to do with electronics, but really how computers processed just got me so excited. But it started at a camp where I should have been outdoors <laughs> running around and camping. That's so funny. Nature. Yeah. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. The least, like the last place you'd ever expect. Right. And I can't <laughs> believe you were allergic to horses and you went to a horse camp. <laughs> yeah, that was a great discovery. That is so funny. Um, and you just mentioned how that passion kind of developed. And you also talked about wanting to be in the computer lab more. Could you talk a little bit more about being your high school's technical support representative and how that kind of helped build on that? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I grew up in a small town um, and, you know, we had one high school for the whole town um, and we had computers. Um, and, you know, another story, too. When I was in high school, um, we had a science fair and the science fair project um, it had it, it provided money, so they paid if you got the top project, which was really neat. Um, and I had an idea that I would test all the computers in school and um, determine what the voltage um, the voltage output was for each one of them. I wanted to know if we put if we turned off all the computers on the weekends, um, would the school save money, but from electricity bills, if um, they turned them all off and turned them back on in certain periods of time or even in phases. So um, I. I went to the science lab and grabbed a, um, a voltage meter and I took it around and tested all the different computers, wrote down my results, brought it back to the school and I won. <laughs> and they awesome. paid me, it was a $500 prize wow. <laughs> and they paid me for it. Yeah. Um, so, which was really neat. Um, and at that point I was doing tech support for my friends and uh, their parents. I wanted to build my own computer because the one I got when I was 13 was no longer sufficient when I was 15. I needed something better. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to build a new one. So um, I had to make money somehow um, by doing tech support for people. And that translated into a guidance counselor. I fixed her computer and she said, we need help in the library. Can you uh, fix that computer? So they were pulling me out of class to be the tech support. Um, and finally, in my senior year, they hired someone <laughs> because they realized it might not be good to pull a student out of class every day to troubleshoot. <laughs> that's so funny. But that's awesome that like everyone's like, oh, yeah, we'll go to Shelly. Like she'll she'll be able to help us. <laughs> Can you talk about your life after high school? I know you applied to a networks operations center when you were 20. What was that like? Yeah, you know, um, so I had to work right out of school um, to take care of myself. I lived on my own pretty early in life. So um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do from a career perspective? So I got a job working as a customer service support rep. And I think people have heard this story before, but um, I, I went, uh, I was working at night. It was an overnight job. And um, I was maybe 2 a.m. and I was walking around the building because I was bored, you know, where are you going to take a lunch break at 2am? <laughs> so, uh, well, let me just walk around and see what's here. And I walked by this room and it looked like if you've ever seen Star Trek, it looked like the Starship Enterprise, like there were all there was this equipment everywhere. And these massive screens. And I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to work in there. <laughs> I don't care what I have to do. I will work in there. So 
I went by that room at different times every night until I ran into someone, which was <laughs> kind of stalking the room, but I was just looking for someone to come out. And finally, um, a woman came out, a young woman my age, and I said, hey, um, I, I would love to work in there. Do you all have jobs open? What do I need to do? And she said, um, oh, yeah, I got a job here. I don't have my degree yet. Um, you could totally work in here. And I'm like, whoa, no way, really? I, it, it looks so neat. So um, she introduced me to her supervisor who came down to the call center where I worked and had a chat with me and told me, yes, just go ahead and apply. And he would get back to me. Um, and I got the job. Um, it was fascinating. They He asked me a question during the interview and said, what if you see something on a terminal? And this, this is a credit card machine. What if it said uh, DEC line? What would that mean? I said, decline? And he said, you're the first person to answer that correctly. I said, did I win? <laughs> did I win the job? <laughs> and he said, well, I'll let you know. We have to get back to you. But um, that was his kind of trick question to see if, if I just had that troubleshooting mindset, if I could work through a, a complex problem quickly. That's so funny. Yeah, it was enough. <laughs> so I got the job. <laughs> and I was, I was only 20 at the time. So I was pretty young, didn't have a degree. And my job was to troubleshoot networks and live literally like every night, sit in a gigantic data center full of equipment and learn. It was great. So then after getting that job, I'm assuming you didn't have to work super late shifts anymore, right? I worked overnight um, in the beginning. Oh, you, okay. <clears throat> yeah, for, gotcha. for, for many years. And, and it's it's interesting. I'm not a night person. <laughs> so I had to <laughs> I had to struggle a bit. <laughs> I actually uh, I have a colleague. I don't know if she'll ever listen to the podcast, but um, I'll, I'll ask her too. But I fell asleep in the middle of a conversation with her mid-word. And she just started laughing and said, Shelly, are you awake? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so I realized at that point I was not a night person and I switched to day shift. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Those shifts are tough. Yeah, I don't think I could do night shift. <laughs> um, you mentioned about applying to that job without a degree. Could you talk a little bit more about navigating your career without going to school? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's certainly been difficult, um, I think, especially these days, right? You have, you know, automated systems that look through a resume, uh, these artificial intelligence, and they scan immediately, and they know whether or not you have a degree. And sometimes that can, you know, boot your resume out, like, fast. So <clears throat> I think it's it's difficult as well to not have formal education when you're new, um, especially when you're learning and you're younger. And it's also hard to not have that network, um, which is you know, a big reason why I love STEM Blazers so much because our students get to build that network early. I, I, it took me years to get right. to that point because I had to start from scratch. Um, but saying that, I never let that stop me. There were plenty of ways to stay educated, to keep learning. Um, I just lived in libraries as much as I could found as many books as possible. Um, I'm happy to read a what looks like a boring textbook. Um, it's just a novel to me about something technical. So I'm happy to sit down and read a white paper until I get it, um, put my hands on a keyboard and figure it out. So uh, that's what I did and sat next to everybody I knew who was smarter than me and asked lots of questions. And um, But sometimes I think it is really difficult to navigate the tech world, there may be assumptions that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, that you aren't well-educated, and it can be a, a barrier at times. Um, but personally, it was never a barrier for me. Um, I'm always confident in my capability. So right. I never let that slow me down. I definitely think there's a, like, especially with, if you ask a high school student right now, I mean, I know I just graduated two years ago, and all of the talk after you finished high school was, where are you going to college? And what what's that? What Where, where are you going? Where did you apply to? Like, is it the best school that you could go to? And it's, 
it's now so built up that you college is the expectation. And I just don't think it should be. I have my mom only got her bachelor's degree. My dad didn't go to school at all. He owns his own business, is super successful. My brother's not planning to go to college. So I come from this super like trade school, do-it-yourself family. And I just think that like I think your story is awesome because you said, well, yeah, I just applied to this job, got used my interpersonal skills, what I had learned, my enthusiasm to learn and ask questions, and I got the job that I wanted. And I think that that's a really positive story that our young listeners can take from because it shouldn't, they shouldn't feel like that's their only option. College is not the only option. There are so many other directions that you can go and still be as successful as anybody that did a four years or eight years in college. So I think it's certainly um, something that needs to be talked about. Well said. Thank you. I agree. It's, it's, uh, I think um, it may, it can bring some, some sort of, you know, like shame to people if they think that they, they don't have a degree and, oh gosh, I don't have it. What am I going to do? And I, I, we're in an age now where you have, you know, Code Academy, right? It's free. You can learn a program on your own. Um, YouTube's free. There are so many resources out there. And I think there are lots of students and I, I feel it's important to say there are lots of students out there that may not have the familial support that they need or, you know, a good support system to get started. And, you know, I'm here after, you know, decades in the industry doing it now because I want to learn, you know, more about the most modern, you know, technologies that are out there. So I'm doing that for me, but it did not stop me from finding success. And, you know, it doesn't matter when you go back. If you decide to go to school, you know, a year later because you need to help your family or work five years later, 10 years later, it doesn't matter. The time is going to pass anyway. So go when you're ready and you'll be fine. You just gave me chills. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I absolutely admire your confidence as well within like that message of you got you really got to believe in yourself and your own capabilities and you shouldn't let like I guess essentially a title, you know, dictate who you are or what type of person you are or, or your capabilities and I just find it like it's just extremely admirable and yeah, it just makes me want to like be more confident in myself and like my own capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> So now we know that you're also currently enrolled to get your degree. What was it like for you to go back to school? You know, um, I, I've actually gone back to school a couple of times and it just didn't work for me. It wasn't, you know, brick and mortar school um, works for some people. And I think it's great because you make really good connections. But for me, um, I like to learn quickly. I retain information very well. It's just me. And I, I like to read fast and um, sitting in a classroom to learn just never worked for me, even when I was a kid. I would rather um, read the book at home, come to school, be ready, take the test and go do something else. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, and really that's just the proving, the tests and exams are just proving what you do. But the learning process for me is the joy of discovering something that I didn't know. There's so many things to learn in the world. And um, now that I have the ability, I found a great school that has allowed me to um, learn at my own pace. It's still accredited, still respected but they give me the opportunity to move as quickly or as slowly as I'd like. So I can really sit and dig into a topic for a while if I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. And if I know it really well, I can move more quickly. And um, that's perfect for me. So once I found that, I felt really comfortable. Um, But the first couple of times I tried and it just did not work out. (laughs) So it took a long time for me to find the right school and find that match for me. But now I have it. Um, I'm zooming through it, which is great. 
I think that's awesome. I think we should normalize like being able to find what works best for you. I think a lot of students don't succeed when with a teacher lecturing at the front and it's like, oh, well, you're just not smart enough to keep up or you don't you just don't learn that way. Well, you're below me because you don't learn that way. And that's not true. I think everyone learns a way and you can be just as smart whether you learn by lecture by a teacher lecturing or self-paced and just reading a textbook. Mm-hmm. Great point. I think I think the this style of learning is becoming more normalized. There, there are great schools out there like um, like Georgia Tech's a good example that have really started to to normalize online education. They're providing similar um, programs to their brick and mortar programs online so that people um, have more accessibility. And um, that's giving people the flexibility that they need to learn in their way. Yeah, I think too, like, I know for me personally, something that I'm really scared about of like, exploring different schools is that it can be really expensive um so I guess like how did you navigate around that like being able to explore while also like trying to live within your means and like paying bills and oh that can be tough for sure um I mentioned early on I I attempted to go to school and work at the same time and it was just too much for me I I, there are some people I admire them so much who are capable of um, going, they, they'll work all day, work two jobs, they go to school at night, they sleep for a few hours, and then they, they go out at the next day. And um, gosh, uh, more power to them. I admire them so much, but I, I'm not capable of doing that. I need, uh, you know, I need a solid amount of sleep every night. And uh, I'm an early bird, I go to bed pretty early. So that never worked out for me, I couldn't balance that. So um, I had to hustle, I had to, you know, I worked my job at, in the network. And I also cleaned houses on the side um, for people. Uh, to make extra money, make my, my ends meet for me. And eventually um, I worked long enough and hard enough that um, I started to gain the benefits of working for, you know, certain companies who would pay, they provide tuition reimbursement. They would provide training for free. Um, they would, you know, allow me to sit side by side with a highly skilled engineer and allow me to learn from them. So um, you have to look for other ways, alternative ways to um, get the things that you need. Um, if you can't go a traditional path, get a full scholarship, or even if you do and you find yourself in a school and it's just not working for you, um, you can find another way. Definitely. There's always another way. Yeah, for sure. And to kind of build off of that, um, do you have any other advice that you'd like to give our young listeners who are uncertain about if university or college is the right path for them or um, if they are just trying to explore what what their next steps are? Um, I would say uh, to begin looking at the things that you really enjoy, that there's there's a thing that we all have, or hopefully multiple things, where you just get lost in that moment, where you kind of forget that the time is passing because you're enjoying yourself so much. Um, identify that thing for yourself and be really honest with yourself about what that is. Um, Early on, I I didn't see myself in a STEM career. I didn't know that was a possibility for me because I didn't know anyone else who was an engineer. No one in my family um, were engineers, so I didn't know what to do with that. And I tried to go for an archaeology degree because I thought, well, that's cool, (laughs) instead of seeing myself and being it. So um, I would say my advice is to to go back to the root of the thing that brings you joy. Um, Look for that, dig into it. And then if you can find some way to, um, to focus on that, study more about it, um, you know, see, lean into it, but that's, that's where you can go with it. And that will hopefully lead you towards something um, that will help you sort of fund your education or uh, find a career, or at the very least, um, you've got a really great hobby that makes you happy. I love that. Thank you, Shelly, for answering those first few questions. We will take a short break and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Wendy. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. 
Did you know that for as little as $10 a month, you can support a high school girl to participate in the STEM Blazers program for an entire school year? We couldn't do our work without you. Your generosity will create the opportunity for a student to build a network with inspiring women working in STEM, attend field trips, and participate in mentorship and job shadow experiences. To hear more about the STEM Blazers impact, please visit us at www.stemblazers.org impact. To join our giving program, just scroll to the bottom of the page. Thank you so much to all of our donors who are helping us with our mission and our work with the next generation of young women. Now let's get back to the conversation. All right, welcome back. Um, to kick off the second half of the podcast, we have a, just a few more questions for you, Shelly. So to open this up, um, how do you think girls can blaze a trail when they cannot take a typical path to success? Um, gosh, I think I mentioned it before. It's really, um, it's persistence, right? <laughs> it's persistence and uh, tenacity. Just this, um, you need to decide that you have a goal in mind and, and really go for it, um, embrace it. Sometimes you'll find, I think, um, while maybe sometimes when you're in the middle of trying to reach your goal, that you're not going in the right direction, that you've you've changed or the situation has changed, and that's okay. Um, the goal is to just keep moving in some way. Um, you know, you have your sights set on, uh, maybe you want to be an engineer, maybe you want to be a scientist, maybe you want to work very specifically on a, a certain type of science, right? You want to research a very specific thing or help a, a specific type of person or culture. Whatever that is, um, keep that in your mind and at the forefront always. Um, it's easy to get distracted, but um, easy to get pulled off of your path. Um, and that's okay. You can veer right back onto it, right? It's like you're on a road. You just change lanes for a minute, but you're still on the same path going forward. Um, and, and I think that's really the, that's what I recommend. It's just to keep moving in some way. Um, and I think that can be scary and hard, especially if you have to do it alone, or if you feel like maybe the people around you aren't always supportive. Um, you may feel like um, even you're not supporting yourself in the moment. Maybe you're no longer sure of which direction you're moving in. Um, and that's why I say go back to the thing that brings you joy, because that's an instant feeling that reminds you that this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing. You know it and you don't question it when it happens. There's a, there's a an application. Um, it's, not, it's not necessarily a plug, um, but there's an application called Own Trail. I don't know if you all have heard of it before, um, but it's it's a it's it's an awesome app. Take a look at it online. But it shows the different paths that people have taken through their education, through their careers, um, and it, it's it's worth checking out if you get a minute because yeah. it's not a straight line, it's not a straight path, and um, you're going to be okay anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> it's nice exactly. to visualize that and just see reminders <laughs> right. from other successful exactly. professionals that. It's okay. None of us got there on a straight line um, right. and you won't either. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> For sure. It's always so scary when you're in the moment, but then you look back in the past and you're like, oh, I did that. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shelly, we know you're an adv advisory board member for STEM Blazers. What introduced you to STEM Blazers and how did you get involved? Oh, wow. Um, so I was introduced to STEM Blazers through a wonderful uh, man, Alex Miller. Um, this was many years ago, and he actually brought Wendy and um, Wendy Merchant and uh, Karen Ramone to Viasat. Uh, that's when I worked at uh, Viasat. So this is 2015, I think. It's been a little while. Um, and our idea was to plan a tech trek, so something to bring our students to Viasat and have them learn about what it's like to work in technology. So this is a, a field trip 
day in the life, um, you know, tour, um, meeting with engineers and all those things. And uh, I think if I recall right, uh, it was still really new. Wendy was a bit shell-shocked and so was I. I had never done a program like that before and the nonprofit was really new. So um, yeah, that's how I was introduced. I became a volunteer and uh, started working with STEM Blazers uh, from that perspective. And then slowly um, ended up on the board. I became the co-chair for a couple of years. So that was uh, my first term on the board. And then um, following the, um, you know, the resignation of our previous uh, chair, you know, we rotate um, during each term. Um, she rolled off and I took over for her as a board chair. <laughs> so uh, I had never done it before. It was all new to me. And um, I was really happy to provide um, my uh, services, I guess you could say, or just provide my capabilities uh, at uh, board level and try to help us direct more of our services towards more students, um, find more ways to reach out, find more ways to raise the funds we need. Um, so it was an excellent experience. My first board experience, um, I felt really lucky to have such a great group of women and men on the team who could uh, support me and hold me up as I held them up too. Um, you know, running a nonprofit is certainly not easy. Um, and I learned so much. I think you've already, you already interviewed uh, Christy Steinhelber and she's just absolutely wonderful. I adore her. Um, and she took over for me and uh, she's doing a great job, but I had people like her and Wendy um, around me at all times. And gosh, it was just a great experience. It's cool to see. I know Vivon and I have our own experience from being students in the chapters and feeling that of people supporting you and always being around you. But it's awesome to hear that someone from the board and, and these people that are making this happen also have that same community. Did you have anything like STEM lasers when you were in school? And if not, do you wish you did? How would it have helped? I didn't have anything like that in school. We didn't even really have clubs. You know, this is a small rural town. So, um, of course, they had uh, sort of, you know, gifted and talented competitions like Odyssey of the Mind and those sorts of things. But um, they did not have a specific path to becoming um, an engineer or learning learning about computer science. It wasn't just wasn't a thing, really. <laughs> it wasn't a, a goal, um, especially at the time when I was growing up. So, no, we didn't have it. And gosh, I wish we did because... I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I, I couldn't see myself in that career. And despite the fact that that was all that I did with my spare time, I was on computers, constantly building them, taking them apart, fixing them, and really enjoying that every day. And I still couldn't figure out a way to become that uh, as far as a career went as a professional. Um, and I went for something else. And I, I think the it would have been easier for me to embrace that earlier. I, of course, once I saw that it was available, right, with that job, it was such an easy thing. It was a quick decision. Um, no brainer for me. But I would have gotten there a little faster. And maybe I would have felt more comfortable in school uh, if I knew that that was my path. So I'm so glad that we have STEM Blazers now because, um, you know, students get to meet so many people. I get to meet people as well that I never thought I would meet. But our students get to meet so many incredible professionals and just get some ideas, I think that's what it is. The exposure just shows you what's possible. And then you find yourself and your unique space within that. Yeah, 100%. I, I really don't even think I would have known about chemical engineering or even gone into engineering had there not been anything like STEM Blazers or like had I not joined STEM Blazers. So many different careers out there that I didn't even know existed. And 
so many powerful women too. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing for STEM Blazers for me yeah. is like <laughs> getting to talk to all of you, like all our guests that we've been able to have for the podcast and all the women and professionals we get to meet at the mocktails and everything like that. That's been the best part because listening to a mentor talk and hearing your story and hear everybody else's stories is so impactful. Like I, I know that I still draw on like conversations that I've had at mocktails, just having mm-hmm. people to look up to is yeah changes the whole game really yeah and I, I guess like going off of that as well a lot of times people can be discouraged from different job opportunities due to lack of diversity and inclusion do you have any advice for those who feel hesitant about going after those opportunities because of that lack of diversity and inclusion oh uh, it's a great segue um so I would say my experience is a bit different than I, I think um, some people's might be. I, I'm sure, you know, I've listened to the other podcasts and I know you've heard from other women that some women have not had great experiences, right? And um, as women in tech, it's been hard for some of them. And um, I would not say that it's been extremely easy for me, um, but from a diversity exp- uh, uh, from a diversity perspective, um, I think I'm bringing up the average. <laughs> I say that because um, I started working uh, when I was 15. I've had multiple jobs, transitions. At this point, I've worked for more women in leadership positions than men. I, I actually counted before the uh, podcast because I was curious, how many have I really worked for? I worked for nine women and four men in my career. That's awesome. Um, three of those, three of the women were women of color, and um, many of those women were in director level positions. So, um, you know, it's it's been the experience for me. Yeah, I feel so fortunate when I thought through it. Gosh, these women blaze a trail long before I had a chance to do it. Um, and they're just truly, truly brilliant people. Um, even, you know, with that first opportunity I had the chance to take, I was interviewed by a man, wonderful man, um, who gave me the job. He was my supervisor. What I didn't know was that the manager of that team, one level above him, was a Black woman who had been in technology since the 1970s. So by the time I started, she was ready to retire. So my first year, she retired. So she had already been in the industry, blazing a trail for decades when I was just getting started in my 20s. And she was my manager, my boss, my mentor from the very beginning. And I couldn't believe that it even happened, that there was someone else like me who was doing this in an industry where it was full of men, where there was no one else like me, but she's right there. And I get to see her every day. Um, so I would say I, I got lucky. I know I did. I know I'm fortunate. But those people are out there. Those managers are out there. And as diversity and inclusion, right, efforts increase and improve, um, you, you'll find more leaders that are diverse, right? And you'll find, um, you know, more, more men as well who are inclusive, who are embracing, right, diversity and inclusion. So I would say don't be afraid of it. Um, if you do encounter a problem, just remember, um, you know, that you belong, right? You should be there. Uh, lean on your expertise, whatever that is. You're not too young. Um, you're not too uneducated. You're there for a reason. Um, go for it and don't let anyone stop you. Um, don't let what you are get in the way of who you want to be. Sorry, I just needed to take a moment to soak yeah, that in like a too. sponge. I was just like, oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. I think that was a perfect way to wrap up our content questions for the episode. So now we're going to move into our rapid fire question round. Don't be afraid. (laughs) But we're going to ask you a series of questions and answer them as fast as you can. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, let's go. (laughs) All right. You ready? Yeah. They're not too hard. What is something that you've always wanted to try, like a skill or a hobby? 
Oh, I've always wanted to visit the Arctic Circle. I don't know if that's like a hobby, but um, I would love to to do like a quick job or something there. That'd be so cool. That would be really awesome. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, who is your female STEM icon? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, it, would it be fair to say Wendy Merchant? Would that be? Is yes. that okay? Yes. Because <laughs> she, she inspires okay. me. It's not a plug. She's just, she inspires me every day. And there's so many wonderful STEM icons out there. We could list them all historically, but Wendy's wonderful. Yeah. I agree. What is your favorite book or a book that everyone should read? Um, you know, I'll stick with the um, I'll stick with the tech books and go, and go with uh, the Phoenix Project and the Unicorn Project for software engineers, software developers. If you're in that space, um, check those books out. What is your best life hack? Ooh, um, you know, try something new or do something small every day. One little thing; um, those little things add up to the big things in the end. Definitely. What is your favorite way to de-stress? Oh, good. Good question. I like to play video games. <laughs> I love I love video games. That's awesome. <laughs> this yeah. is like a little segue, but what's your favorite video game? <laughs> of all time? Um, it would be Final Fantasy VII if we were going oh, all cute. time. And that's that's a close tie with uh, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. <gasps> oh that's my really, gosh. That's really yes. tough, but they're, they're, right, they're up there with each other. But yeah, um, I love oh, I love RPGs, the games that take like hundreds of hours to complete. Those are my yes, I'm playing, I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now. Okay, we can get back oh, to gosh, the questions. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Um, what makes you feel confident? What makes me feel confident is uh, students like you two. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's knowing that that you're out there um, and that you're striving for um, for your goals, striving for something great. Um, I feel more confident knowing that that I'm going to run into you doing what I do, <laughs> that you're going to teach me something new, um, that you're going to change the world. Oh, thank you. I think that's the sweetest <laughs> thing someone said. The, like the, the listeners can't see my face, but I'm like tearing up. <laughs> I know. I'm glad they can. I'm about to tear up. <laughs> oh, okay. Whew. What is your favorite motto? Oh, my favorite motto. I have my own motto. <laughs> it's take your seat at the table. Um, I think that's, that's, that's my favorite motto. It's never, ever uh, assume that you don't have a seat at the table. Just take it, go for it. Um, if you don't see one, go, go grab one from another room and bring it in. Um, find, find your place. <laughs> I love that. What is your comfort food? Ooh, my comfort food. That would be graham crackers, believe okay. it or not. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very simple. I don't know what it is. Maybe it takes me back to like kindergarten snack time, but <laughs> I really like graham crackers a lot. <laughs> what was your favorite class to take? Ooh, that would be um, advanced data management. Sounds kind of <laughs> crazy, but yeah, advanced data management, really understanding how how databases work behind the scenes. Nice. And what is something that you've been wanting to learn? Ooh, good question. Um, machine learning and artificial intelligence. I'm actually enrolled um, in uh, an AWS Amazon course uh, to learn more about um, machine learning uh, and artificial intelligence. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, um, that's one of the reasons I went back to school oh, because so cool. I knew it was a part of the program and I really wanted to, to learn more about it with, you know, the most modern um the most modern text and most modern information. So, yeah. yeah. And lastly, what is your favorite song? Oh, wow. My favorite song. That's a really hard one. Okay. You'll have to give me a minute because I like every song. It's like I have a, a song of the moment. Is there one in particular that gets you like hyped up? 
You know, I, I think I'm going to give my answer that I, I have a favorite song every week. <laughs> so <laughs> it changes all the time. I don't know if you all do this, but I listen to a new song and then I just listen to that. I listen to it way too much until it's like no longer yes. until I, I can't stand <laughs> it anymore. And then next week is a new song. So it's always something different. It just changes constantly. So, so if you have a song of the week, we'll accept that. A song of last week. Okay. Accepted. <laughs> um, we can go with the weekend blinding lights because I just listened to the, like, I listened to it way too much right recently. So let's just go with that one. Um, and then I'll have something new next week. I love that. How about that. There you go. Yep. That's a good one. It'll be added to our mentor playlist. So check out our Spotify for that. <laughs> And lastly, this is a question we ask all of our guests. Standing where you are right now, what advice would you give to your high school self? Um, that's hilarious. I don't, <laughs> I don't think my high school self would listen to me. <laughs> I think my high school <laughs> self would say, you don't know me, lady. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I'm going to do my thing. Um, but Because uh, I've always been pretty independent. But I, I think um, I would definitely tell myself to, um, to just stay the course. Um, to continue to believe in myself and just keep pushing. Um, and even if I veer off track a little bit, just keep going because um, you will find your way along the way. Definitely. And this week's trivia question is, what is the diameter of the earth in miles? If you want the answer, you can check it out on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for joining us on this episode. It was an absolute privilege to talk to you. And on behalf of STEM Blazers, we want to thank you for sharing your story and your passions. I'm glad to be here. Thank you all so much. You two are brilliant. Um, and I'm so glad to be a part of STEM Blazers. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy we got to listen to all of your stories. They were great. Thank you to the listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date with what we are working on, check out our website at stemblazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at STEM Blazers. 